This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Hey, Bellator Society. Welcome to the podcast. It's Tracy and Fran here. And if you listen to our, I mean, excuse me, if you watched our live stream on Wednesday, you saw um, that we had Jansen Bagwell as our guest. And he talked to us about his deliverance ministry. And so we're taking the rest of that conversation of the podcast. So he's generous. Um, and has given us some more of his time, and he's joining us right now on the podcast. And we can't wait to dig to dig in and dive in a little bit more and, and hear more about what exactly deliverance looks like. So, hello, Fran. How are you? I'm well. I miss you. I miss you. We just had a little vacation, <laughs> and we got to hang out, which we don't get to do very often now that we don't live in the same town. So that was super fun. But it's, I know it's been a few days since I've seen your, I seen know, your face. <laughs> I know. It's good to see you again. I'm happy, happy to be back home, but uh, missing, missing the, the leisure, the, the leisure. Sand, the sandy beaches and, <laughs> exactly. the, and the ocean. And yeah, exactly. it was awesome. Exactly. Well, Jansen, just as Tracy said, we're so delighted that you are coming back for giving us a little bit more um, insight into what deliverance is. And so I think this podcast is going to be, Mm, saltier than the live stream. We've got we've got a few we've got a few questions <laughs> that, <laughs> that you know, and, and it's like I hesitate to even ask them. So we have a, a priest friend, uh, Tracy, and it was a mutual priest friend of both Tracy and mine growing up. Um, and he was very quick once to tell my mother uh, in terms of, he was involved in like exorcisms and things like that. And he was very it must have my mom, you know, because it's it's curiosity people want to know what that is what that looks like and his his comment to my mom I believe was something like don't ask too many questions like don't don't get too close to the evil if if it's not you know sometimes we have to deal with it like really have to deal with it but but don't get too close if you don't have to and so I'm always hesitant to get too close and ask too many questions but I do want to ask you how is deliverance different from something like an exorcism or something like um, someone who might be spiritually oppressed or tormented what does deliverance look like how is it distinguished from those things Yes. Well, Tracy, friend, thank you. Uh, thank you for um, inviting me to be a part of the Bellator Society. And uh, it's an honor to be here. And I love the material that that you guys are putting out there, the contributors, the interviews, the writers. Um, I'm, I'm just blown away with what I've seen. And so I really, um, you have something that God is really using and is touching lives. And so, uh, so thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. And um, you know, I've heard, Fran, other people say, well, don't get too close to the devil. Yeah. Um, the devil is not contagious. Mm. It's not a sickness. Um, you you can't wear gloves and not not be um, infected by it, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not contagious, okay? So um, I'll tell you a story. I went up, uh, I was living in another country, and I saw somebody that 
um, was obviously extremely demonized, mm-hmm. very dream demonized. My wife and I were out shopping and it was, it was in England and it was a very crowded uh, marketplace. And I did not want to run into this person because they were anybody with any amount of discernment could tell that this person was very demonized. And so we ducked in and my wife was shopping. We came back out and once, once we kind of, I go, okay, that person's not there anymore. So good, (laughs) let's keep going. And so, and I go, and out of the blue, this person came and they put their hand underneath my arm. No. And and, Ah, (laughs) and and, and, and this person is an, is an older lady. And she says, I have a word for you. Mm-mm. Okay. And this is what I did. I tightened my, my arm and I put my hand on top of hers so that she wouldn't let go. And I looked her in the eye and I said, no. She goes, but I've got a word for you. I have a word. And I said, no, no. you may not speak that word to me. Mm. And so then I just let go. I didn't hurt her. There was no, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. I was being serious. She yeah. had violated me by touching me without yeah. me, me giving her permission. And, and so once I said no, mm-hmm. she realized I was real. Mm-hmm. Now that's when she kind of disappeared back into the crowd. My wife, I said, did you see that? My wife goes, what was it? My wife wasn't even aware. Mm-hmm. And she was right there. So I understand where people are coming from, but here's the problem. What if we say on purpose, we're going to not get anywhere close to things that are evil? Mm -hmm. Does that stop the devil from tempting us? No. Well, no, he just works harder. Exactly. Because we're supposed to be beating down the gates of hell. That's right. So we, we need to be able to charge in Mm. to be able to, to be effective at building the kingdom of God and not trying to be, um, on the defense. We need right. to be offense, but we need to do it intelligently. Yeah. So another question that you asked was basically what's the difference between exorcism and deliverance? Right. Here's how I explain it. Now there's a, a number of different, um, answers that could be out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, um, the Pope has requested and he desires every diocese around the world to have at least one trained priest to be an exorcist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a school in Rome that they go to. And several years ago, I was fortunate to be able to go to that schooling in, in Rome. So here's what here's some things to understand. Whenever it comes to possession, the key word is possession. They are possessed. Okay, they have intentionally opened up doors Mm -hmm. in their life, not just once. We're not talking about just one sin. We're talking about some some very deep, dark things that they have consciously made a decision to say yes to sin. Yes to that darkness. Now, one of the things that I learned at this school of of exorcism and liberation was as lay people, we are not permitted to cast out the demons of somebody else. So one of the things that I will never do Mm -hmm. is I will never say in the name of Jesus, I command that demon to leave. I won't ever pray that. 
that's good because I stopped doing that like 30, 31 years ago mm -hmm. because it's not effective. What is effective is whenever a person discovers how they have opened up the door to the demonic right. and they're taught, they're coached, they're mentored on how to close that door, take dominion over the demon and then command the demon to leave. Themselves. Themselves. Right. So I would know if somebody came to me, matter of fact, here's a, here's a story. I had a gentleman that came to me um, and I was at like a, um, a, a, a Catholic men's retreat. It was one of those where you spend the night. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was there. I didn't go with the intention of telling anybody about what I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they, they asked, you know, at breakfast, Hey, <laughs> how long have you been Catholic? Well, you know, let me tell you. And, oh, why did you become Catholic? Well, because of protection. Yes. Lunchtime protection from what dinner time. <laughs> tell me more about this protection stuff. <laughs> And then it came, hey, you need to hear this guy's story. <laughs> then you were so a speaker. The, next thing you knew it. <laughs> right. And so, so one of the gentlemen came to me. He goes, hey, can, can we talk privately? Mm -hmm. I actually get that quite a bit. So I'm, I'm used to that. I said, sure, absolutely. It was after everybody had gone to bed. We're in a big room sitting around a table. And the gentleman began to, to just lay into me and started calling me all kinds of names and saying, you know, here you are as a former Protestant, and you think you got all the answers, and you are coming here, you think you're telling us all these answers? I'm like, I was not expecting the conversation to go that way. I was like, wow. He just kept laying into me. And so finally, I just said, Lord, stir up that gift of discernment and the mm -hmm. prophetic that you've given to me. And so I interrupted him, and this is what I said. I said, Whenever you were eight years old, you used to go to bed and cry yourself to sleep at night because this is what happened in your in your family, and this is what your dad did. Mm -hmm. Now he's shocked. I said, Wait, when what? Turned, that just came out of nowhere? I mean, the Holy Spirit just put <laughs> that on your tongue? Yes, yes. That's wild. Because the Lord has given the, the gift of discernment and the prophetic to the church mm -hmm. still today. Yes. And it's, and it's to bring healing. It's not to, to bring rebuke. Mm -hmm. And, and so he's shocked. And yeah. then I go, and when, and when you turn 10 years old, this is what happened. And this is what you thought. And this is what, and now, now he's starting to cry. And I said, and yeah. when you turn 12, and this is literally what he did. He threw his hands up in the air and he says, I beg you, I beg you. And he's bawling. He's sobbing out loud. He goes, I beg you, stop talking. Don't say another word. Uh -uh. So to honor him, I did. And this is what he told me. He said, I go to mass every day. I go to reconciliation once every two weeks at least. He said, the things that you told me, I've never confessed, not even to a priest. Mm -hmm. How in the world did you know this? I said, well, the Lord wants to set you free. These are deep deep hurts and pains in your life and God wants to bring healing and deliverance to you. And the very person that you're saying these harsh things to God has brought into your life and he wants to set you free. Wow. And this is what he said. He says, well then lay hands on me and cast all of those demons off and out of me right now. Mm. And I said, no. He said, are you serious? I said, yeah. I said, I'm actually protecting you because you don't know what you will be getting set free from. Mm -hmm. 
I said, by going through discipleship deliverance, learning who your enemy is, learning how to identify the voice of the Lord Mm -hmm. versus the voice of the enemy is what will not just get you free, but to help you to stay free. Yeah. He said, you're serious, aren't you? I said, absolutely. He goes, well, then what, what is it going to take? And at that time I had a waiting list and he, at that time, the waiting list was only about four months and he had to wait four months. And then I began to start meeting with him every week for about an hour, hour and a half. And we unpacked his story. Unpacking his story, he learned where he needed to forgive his dad and his mom. He was dealing with deep, deep rejection and bitterness, self-hatred, which affected his sexuality. It mm-hmm. affected his, his identity. It affected his marriage. It affected everything. And so I systematically began to start helping him to forgive. Mm-hmm. By doing that, he's closing the doors and he has the right, and I'm walking him through these prayers. And and then he has the right to be able to command those demons to leave. And those demons have to. Mm-hmm. They have to leave. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I need wow. to talk about discernment. That's 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 amazing. I mean, like the, these stories really are just so captivating and, um, and, you know, just enlightening about things that we can't see because there is this thing of the supernatural, there is spiritual warfare, but we can't see it readily, you know, unless our eyes are open to it. And it's difficult to discern, you know, uh, you know, is this, is this from, is this from without or from within? Is this the devil? Is this just my brokenness, you know, or or are they related? (laughs) You know, it's hard to make those, those, distinctions. And I want to kind of go back to when you were talking about the woman touching you and then, and then you saying immediately, no, I'm not going to receive that word. Like this is not, this is not, I presume that's because you have the, the, the spiritual gift of discernment. Not all of us have that. And yet I think all of us have the experience of someone saying, the Lord told me to tell you this, or I would be like, right. Yeah. I want to be empathetic. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to take time to listen to you. And right. and then that's harming maybe my soul. Mm-hmm. How do you know what's harmful and what? Well, and what? then compare, comparing it even to the guy who you met with at the men's retreat, like you told him things that he didn't want to hear, but he probably needed to hear them. So it's yes. not about emotions. It's not about like, I like this person. I don't like this person. Mm-hmm. How do we make that choice to listen to what someone else is telling us and be, and how are we able to discern, is this from God who's trying to heal me or is this a word that I do not want to hear? That's right. So the best way to be able to identify the enemy, the best way to be able to discern the demonic is to know the voice of the Lord. Mm. That's the key. That's, that's the key. That's that because the voice of the Lord is what will heal us and to set us free. He's trying to help us to navigate our life. Mm-hmm. And he's not trying to be distant. He's not trying to be way off in, in some place that we can't approach. He really is approachable. The, the more that we are able to know the voice of the Lord, the better we're able to, to have the contrast mm-hmm. of what is righteous and holy versus that which is ungodly. Mm-hmm. And you're right that that I have a gift of, of the prophetic and discernment, but everybody's gifted to be able to, to know the voice of the Lord. 
The Bible teaches us those things. The Bible teaches us that we can have the mind of Christ, that we can know his thoughts, we can understand his ways. And what he's really trying to do is he's really trying to build our character, the very essence of who we are. So Christ is trying to teach us how to think, how to make decisions as if he were doing it in our relationships, at work, in society. He's wanting that. Because when we make a decision that he would make, it glorifies him. Mm. And so so really to be able to, to, to best discern the voice of the enemy, become very in tune with the voice of the Lord. What does it look like? One of the, the most powerful prayers that I know, Holy Spirit, reveal to me any sins in my life. Mm. Now, what I do is I do an exercise and I'll ask people, bow your head, close your eyes, we're going to pray this prayer, and then they'll say, once the Holy Spirit reveals something to you, the Lord speaks to you, he reveals, he shows you something, open your eyes. They'll close their eyes, and I'll say, repeat this prayer after me, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, reveal to me any sins in my life. The average, the average time that it takes for somebody to, to have that discernment, that internal reflection about a sin is about four to seven seconds. Hmm. That's it. So the entire creator of the heavens and the earth spoke and revealed. Now, one of the ways to discern the difference between the Lord's voice and the diabolical is the Lord's voice is redemptive. It moves us forward. So let's say, for instance, we took a person through that exercise and the Lord revealed to them that they had lied. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now the internal reflection could go, well, if I lied to this person, maybe I lied to this person. Maybe I've been lying to myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. But notice the diabolical actually um, debilitates us. So guilt, shame, condemnation, fear, rejection, that stops a person in their tracks from moving forward. But conviction, whenever we're convicted, we never speak that to ourselves, because we as, as, as humans, we look and seek pattern. Science of brain development has proven we seek patterns. So therefore, our, our thoughts also, once it is sought a pattern, then it also becomes a behavior. But when the Holy Spirit convicts us, it interrupts our thoughts and our behavior. Well, how do you get out from underneath that conviction? First John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of that sin. Mm -hmm. Now we take that principle, combine it with the entire book of James, one sin after another, until, well, are you sick? Yes, confess these things to presbyteros, a priest, not a doctor, not, well, who wronged you? I need to forgive my dad. Confess it to you. No, confess it to a priest. Why? Because that's where healing takes place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so, so what I'm dealing with, I'm not dealing with those that are possessed, but are oppressed. Mm -hmm. Those that have been influenced by the demonic that has set kind of a course of direction in their life or that has stolen something from them, maybe like peace. They're not experiencing the joy and the fullness of life of what they know that they know that they could be experiencing. Mm -hmm. 
So my, my next question is a little bit two-parted. Um, the first part is you, you said earlier that the devil is not contagious, but yet we're always cautioned not to open those doors and windows, you know, because he is sure. prowling looking for cracks mm-hmm. um, to right. get in. What are some of the, the cracks? What are some of the ways that you witness, you know, through your ministry, just through your experiences, people not because it's hard to say that all these people were really willfully saying the words that were in an in, in invitation and yet they might have been doing something that was an yeah. invitation and what would you say specifically those things are that we should be avoiding and then also do you have people who come to you who you know are coming for deliverance from oppression and then at some point you're like okay we need to call in the big guns <laughs> we need some oils and salt. We're going to have to level up now. <laughs> right. um, I do have an entire team of intercessors that are praying for, for those that I'm, I'm coaching, that I'm taking through discipleship deliverance. Um, I, I've never had somebody come to me that, that kind of fits the criteria for being uh, that need an exorcism. Um, but I have had um, priests that send people to me, uh, exorcists that send people to me um, because they just need their story kind of mm-hmm. unpacked. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a number of different ways that we can open up the door to the demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, one way is generational. And, and when we, when we see that the sins of one generation is, is passed on to the next generation, sometimes people go, well, that's unfair. I don't yeah, like that. Yeah, because I didn't do that. Right. That's right. I didn't make that sin. Yeah. Okay. But when we understand the, the opposite is also true, that we can make decisions that open up the generations after me to a thousand generations. So whenever we're looking at, at the, at, at, and, I, and I hate to even say two kingdoms because it, it almost makes the devil on even playing ground with the Lord. And there's not. It, it's right. It, the opposite it is, of the devil is not is not the Lord. That, right. That's, a, that's right. That's the mother. Uh, that's right. It is not equal. And so so therefore it 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 it's not apples to apples. Yeah. But for lack of better terms, two kingdoms. Yeah. Okay. There are because opposing forces. Opposing forces, yes. Um Whenever we understand that, God's infinite power grows exponentially. So the devil will try to bring uh, generational curses to the third and fourth generation, um, and even to the tenth generation. But the the Lord brings generational blessings to a thousand generations. Mm. So we have the ability to make decisions in our spirit, our soul, our being that opens up up the heavens of God over our great, 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 great grandchildren, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is absolutely amazing. So, I mean, again, I I don't want to get too nitty gritty because I'm positive that this is what you're doing in your ministry, but can you give us an example of what a generational curse is? Because that's not something Catholics talk about, Jansen. That Mm -hmm. is not in our, in our language. No. And can you, can you talk about that? And then can you also talk about like, um, just kind of a follow-up or something that to me seems like it's sort of relevant in that regard for for people who maybe want to be proactive. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's generational curses, but maybe there is. And how how do I, how do I go back and kind of fix that really out of a, out of just being proactive and wanting to have a tidy, tidy house. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think this is extremely, um, real and practical um, because 
the generational curses, we see this built into um, the Ten Commandments, and um, that the generational curses are, are visited upon the third and fourth generation. So think of it this way. Um, there are things such as anger. People say it all the time. Well, my dad was angry, so I'm angry. Right. Okay. Um, well, my mom was bitter, so therefore I'm bitter. Okay. By understanding what what the demonic are doing, they're trying to condition people. Mm-hmm. So the way that we can, some of the ways that I help people to get set free from this is by asking a very targeted question, such as that person that has bitterness, anger, self-hatred, that's dealing with rejection or abandonment. All of those things are, are demonic. They're mm-hmm. diabolical. But then we can start asking a different question. Why? Why is that demon attacking you? What is that demon trying to gain? They're not just tempting you in this area for no reason. Those demons are trying to gain some dominion of your life so that you're not as effective of building the kingdom of God. Now what happens is we begin to start getting a blueprint. And that's what happens on the one-on-one is that I help a person to build a blueprint. Everybody's blueprint is unique. It's completely different. But I'll give you you maybe a story that that will kind of help. This woman came to me and... And so I was taking her through uh, this process. I'd been working with her for about two months, maybe two and a half months. And part of this, a big part of closing the door to the demonic is is to forgive. Mm. So I was helping her to just recognize different areas that she needed to forgive her dad. And unfortunately and tragically, her dad had hurt her personally at a very young age. So What do we know about this individual? There was bitterness. There was unforgiveness. There was resentment. Where is that buried? We can bury it physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Well, she had buried it spiritually, and it had affected her emotionally and and physically. So I was helping her to be able to walk through and to forgive her dad. What does that look like? It looks like me going, well, is this an area you need to forgive dad? No. What about this one? Yes, let's talk more about that. Okay. It looks like it looks kind of like a counseling session, but we're dealing with spiritual matters. Right. So, so I began to start walking her through the prayers. What does that look like? I walk her through prayers like, let's forgive your dad. I choose to forgive my dad for let's go to that list that we've put together over the last couple of weeks. Well, I'm choosing to forgive my dad for all forms of hurt rejection, abandoning me, for not meeting my needs, for not pouring into me and teaching me the holiness of my identity, the holiness of my finances, the holiness of my sexuality. Okay? So we begin to start forgiving that debt. Okay. Once we've done that, then we can command all the demons to leave that came through the generational curses from dad's side. Mm. We don't have to know granddad, great, great granddad. We don't have to know. 
Once we forgive dad, we can break off all generational curses on dad's side. That is super helpful knowledge. That is Very not helpful. what I understood. Okay. I was like, all right, I got to do research on great, great, great granddaddy. <laughs> that's, that's right. You see, that's the problem because people, what about a person that was adopted? Mm-hmm. What yeah. about a person that never met their biological parents? Yeah. Well, then now suddenly by that philosophy that I've got to know these things, now they're stuck. They're mm-hmm. permanently stuck and not able to get set free. Not the case. I have never seen my biological dad. Never. So mm-hmm. if I followed that philosophy, then I would not be able to walk in the freedom that God intended for me to walk in. Mm-hmm. So how can I forgive somebody that I've never met? Yeah. Well, what did he owe me? He was supposed to be there. What about rejection? What about abandonment? All of those things I can choose in my will, in my soul to forgive, which I've done. Mm. All right. So, so by doing that, so here I walk this lady through forgiving her dad. We just went through an entire list of things that we unpacked. She came back the following week and she goes, Oh, Jansen, I want to show you something. I said, okay. And she took a deep breath and she, and I thought she was going to lean down and pick up something from the floor or like get something out of her purse. And she took a deep breath and she goes, did you see that? And I started laughing. I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> what was it? She said, I took a breath through my nose and I said, okay, so good, good job. <laughs> good job. Way to go. You're alive. She goes, no, Jason, you, you don't understand. And now she starts crying. She goes, you don't understand. I've had multiple surgeries on my nose. I've taken a number of medications. She says, I've given up taking medications because nothing has helped. She said, I even had one doctor that said to me, I don't know why you can't breathe through your nose. Mm. She said, as long as I can remember, I cannot breathe through my nose. I stopped breathing through my nose at the age of, she goes, I'm thinking three, four, five years old. Now, what did I do? I didn't even know she couldn't breathe through her nose. We never talked about it. We never prayed for it. What did we do? We chose to forgive dad. That's where discipleship deliverance, the gift of deliverance in in the church today, what it does is it helps us to look and evaluate the condition of our soul and our spirit. I just helped her to look at, at the health or the lack of health in her soul. Mm-hmm. By doing that, she chose to forgive her dad. Directly impacted her and brought healing to her. She literally told me, she goes, I was walking through my living room when I discovered that I could breathe through my nose for the first time. She's telling me this crying in front of me. That's and amazing. she declared it was a miracle. Yeah, it, it certainly sounds that way. And these are things that we can't explain. And therefore, they can only be from God when they are so healing and so... Um, inexplicable to, to our, to our senses. Um, so when people, so you mentioned already before that you have a six month waiting list. And again, it's very difficult for people to find spiritual directors, to find reliable Christian counselors, reliable spiritual directors, even, or life coaches, you know, how do you find these people or, if you can't find this person, how can me, a lay person, just sitting in my home knowing, yes, I have wounds. I probably have, you know, generational curses I need to deal with. I definitely have unforgiveness in my life. What can I do today that that will allow me to be better going forward? 
Because of the demand, what I've done is I've put together a discipleship deliverance masterclass. Because if you were to come to me, then I'm going to teach you the foundational principles before we ever get into your story. Mm-hmm. Now, for many people, when they understand these principles, they immediately begin to start applying it to their story and they get healed, they get set free. Um, now, so I've I put together a masterclass to lay down the foundation. And if people are interested, they can go to wholecatholic.com to find out more about it. Seating is limited because I want them to have that personal touch. And so, um, but they can find out more about mm-hmm. that. Once they've gone through the master class, then for some people, they then go, that's when I want the one-on-one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that really is when I go, let's take a look at your story and put together a specific strategy for you personally to get set free because everybody's story is different. Mm-hmm. The principles are the same. They, they're, they're the same for Protestant, Catholic, because they're all the same principles from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay? What I love to do is to tie in the sacraments. Mm-hmm. I tie in the sacraments. But some people, the principles still work, um, even though, um, because I coach, I coach people that are, that are pastors. I coach Protestant pastors. I, I coach priests and nuns and, and things, and, and it helps everybody. Um, I'm just trying to be proactive in answering some of the questions that some mm-hmm. people may be, mm-hmm. may be thinking, but I'm not Catholic. Can mm-hmm. this still help me? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. So I would highly recommend for people to go through the master class, mm-hmm. sign up for it. If the time slots don't work, keep staying in tune because more classes will come available at different times. Um, or if you want to be on that waiting list, that's about six months long right now, they can email me, say, I want on, on the waiting list or they may want to find out about the cost, the price, mm-hmm. the availability, those sort of things, and reach out to me, and we can talk about. about that. I have a question: Do you ever do you ever um, uh, minister to families, or is it just one on one? Because I feel like, I mean, this could, you know, have a family hurt, family sin against one another, or you know, you see families who. Um, just you can tell they're they're torn apart for you know maybe finances or you know um, wh- whatever the case may be. Do you ever have that situation, or is it always just a a, a one off type? You know, um, I, I tell you something that I'm extremely excited about, and you guys are the very first for me to to share this with. Nobody knows this, um, but I'm I'm offering through my master class if. If a person signs up, their spouse gets to go through it for free. I've oh, never wow. offered that before. And, and one of the reasons why I'm doing that is because, because of the Catholics, the Catholic vocation within the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel so strongly in offering that for a husband and a wife that it, because it's changing their marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, people will come to me and... Um, I'll tell you a story recently. I had a lady that contacted me and they said, our priest wanted me to reach out to you. Can you help me? And she said, my, my, my child is wanting to be um, um, of the diff of, of the opposite sex that they were born. Mm -hmm. Can you help? And I asked to go, and they were probably 14, 15, 16 years old. And they said, can you help? 
And I simply asked, does your child want my help? Right. And they said, no. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can't help you. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm dealing with is a person's will. Right. And for somebody to go, mom and dad are making me come, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Now, some, some, I'm working with some people right now that they have adopted children, beautiful family, they've adopted children, but they're dealing with things like a spirit of rejection, a spirit of anger, a spirit of self-rejection. Okay. Um, so what I do is I tell the parents, the very best thing that I could do for your children is to teach you these principles so that you can teach your children. So really for me, it would starting at about 18, 19, 20 years old. That's when I really can start helping them before that they're still kind of under viewing their life through the the eyes of their parents. I'm dealing with the person's will and their soul. And so they, they do need to be a little bit mature with that said teenagers, um, even those that have um, students that are in college, if they were to go through this, that would be the best thing that they could do to help their their children because mom and dad need to be set free to be able to say, as a family, this is where we've been, but this is where we're going, and let me show you how to get there to their children. That's awesome. Very helpful. This is all amazing. I love this. This is this is excellent information that I think people will really appreciate um, exists in the world and in the church. Um, I do I do want to nail you down just for a second because I, I I mean obviously going through a process that has been tried and has been tested over the course of many many years um, has had success stories and all of those things would be the best case scenario. There are people there in this world who don't have either the resources, whether it's financial, whether it's time, whether it's um, just accessibility uh, to the masterclass or to you personally. Can you give as as a fellow Catholic just maybe one or two practical things that someone can do again today um, that that will put them on the path? to deliverance that will put them on the path to discipleship and and maybe maybe god then opens the door for for you know something to happen where they're like now i can now i can you know and and it's just an act of will god God responds to our teeny tiny steps in Mm -hmm. unbelievable ways what are some teeny tiny steps that someone can do today yes well it's very important to remember i'm not their deliverer Mm -hmm. i'm not their healer so they don't need access to me. They need access to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's that's the key. Um, all I've simply have, have done is put together some resources mm-hmm. to kind of help that learning curve. Um, but here are some practical things I would highly recommend people to do. First, pray, Holy Spirit, reveal to me any sins in my life. That does some things fundamentally to the psyche of the, of the individual because it creates that openness of fellowship in openness to go, Lord, search me, Mm -hmm. you know me, what is it that I'm doing that I need to change? Mm -hmm. All right. Then begin to start repenting of that. Then take it to the next level and go to reconciliation Mm -hmm. because that's going to start interrupting the behavior 
both spiritually and emotionally and physiologically. Mm-hmm. So here's one of the things I do. Those that are listening, you can't see this, but but what I do is I have a, a note card. Just a, what is this, a five by seven note card? And I begin to start going to the Lord and say, Lord, show me my sins. And what I do is I write it down. And then I ask, Lord, forgive me. I, I ask for repentance. Repent. I'm repenting. I'm asking, what does it look like? I simply say, Lord, forgive me for these things. Okay. Um, then I take that card with me to the priest. Mm-hmm. That way I ask, Holy Spirit, show me, remind me, teach me. And I take that and I go, Father, please forgive me for here are the sins that I'm aware of. These are the sins that that the Holy Spirit has laid upon my heart, and I've confessed them, and I'm confessing them once again. Mm -hmm. So, Father, please forgive me, and I just go through that list. Mm -hmm. And it may take me a week, 10 days to create that list, and then I try to go to reconciliation every two to three weeks Mm -hmm. um, because I don't like it building up. Yeah, yeah. That would be um, very, very important to implement today mm-hmm. in their life. But then the other aspect is to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds simple, but it, it's so profound mm-hmm. um, to read um, the scriptures, read the Bible, because that's where we get to learn the insight and the character of Christ. When we see him um, doing these things, let me, let me kind of teach people um, that have never read the Bible the way that I would recommend for them to read it. Uh, because it's not like other books. We People that have never read the Bible before, sometimes they go, well, I'll just start with Genesis, page one, <laughs> and work my way through. And by the time you get to Exodus, Leviticus, I mean, it's helping you to take the best naps you've ever had. I mean, it's putting you to sleep. It's complicated. So here's what I would do. I would recommend one or two things. One, start doing the daily readings mm-hmm. because that's going to walk you through um, the scriptures in about three years time. Okay. If you want to take it a little bit at, at a faster pace, then start with Matthew chapter one and read one chapter a day. Mm-hmm. Now you could read more, but don't split it up. Mm-hmm. Read that entire, because you're going to get the whole context of that story. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then read the new Testament. Once you've read the new Testament, then start with Genesis. Mm-hmm. So ask the Holy spirit, to um, convict you, begin to start going to reconciliation and start reading the Bible. So we have listeners who are not Catholic. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you ever recommend that non-Catholics who have gone through that process of, you know, calling on the Holy Spirit to reveal to them their sins, being convicted of those sins, and then having the, 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 really the conviction that they need to then confess them, where do they go? Where do you send people who don't have the confessional or would you send them to a confessional? I don't know. Like, what do you do? I kind of, I kind of do both really. Really, It depends on the person. If they're open, Mm -hmm. then I may say, you know what? Um, You may not be Catholic, but it may do your heart good to be able to go to a priest. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would because, because I am Catholic and I've chosen to be Catholic because the principles of being Catholic is what helps to protect me from the diabolical. Mm. So ultimately, yes, I would recommend. But for some of the listeners, that is not a possibility. They're not open to that. And I would say I would recommend them to go to their their pastor. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're on a, 
go to a large church, maybe even an associate pastor. Mm -hmm. If they're not a part of a church, um, um, then I would recommend to find a a Christian-based counselor Mm -hmm. and be able to say and go to them, to the counselor, these are things that the Lord has laid upon my heart that are sins, and I need help to work through these things, such as bitterness. Mm -hmm. Okay, That bitterness Mm -hmm. is not something that's going to go away instantly. Just because we confess it, we need to kind of go through some healing. Here's an illustration. Think of it this way. What if I had a watermelon, a big watermelon, big juicy watermelon, but I had um, these screwdrivers and all of these screwdrivers are labeled a different sin. Paul talks about it in Ephesians, these fiery darts of suggestions. Where are those suggestions coming from? They're coming from the diabolical. They are external. They're not us. They're not our own thoughts. Those fiery darts of suggestions are kind of like those screwdrivers. Once we entertain the thought, once we enter into committing that act of sin, then that screwdriver is is pierced into that watermelon. So now picture this watermelon. How many sins? <laughs> Maybe y'all are more holy than I am, but that um, this watermelon is full of screwdrivers. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> here's deliverance. Deliverance is being able to strategically take a hold of that sin, that hurt, that wound, that open hurt, um, and be able to strategically remove it. That's what discipleship deliverance is. I'm systematically removing, not me, but the power of the Holy Spirit, removing all of those screwdrivers. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we've got a watermelon that has (laughs) no screwdrivers. (laughs) Now let's cut it in half. Are you going to serve that watermelon to your friends and your neighbors and family? No. Why? Because what happened to the inside of the watermelon? It no longer has the external voice that's conditioning them, but the inside part is still hurt and wounded and needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. And that's where we need to rely upon the body of Christ. That's where redemption takes place, sanctification, where we learn to be open and vulnerable. Real vulnerability is where true healing comes from. That's where that's where we de- depend upon the body of Christ. That's why the Lord has given us gifts of, of grace and mercy and healing and deliverance and discernment so that we can help one another. Um, and so back to that watermelon illustration, the Lord wants to, to help us to identify removing those fire darts of suggestions, removing those open doors of sin through conviction so that we can confess it, repent and change. And I don't think we can do that with um, on our own. I, I mm-hmm. think we need the body of Christ yes. so that we can be whole, so that we can be complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the reason why I started Whole Catholic, because we are. We make decisions physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and the Lord wants us to be whole and complete in all three aspects, so that we can build and establish the kingdom of God in our heart, in our mind, in our relationships, and our finances, in our our parish, and in our community, in our state, and our country. 
I love it. I think you have convicted us all that everybody needs deliverance in some shape or form. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's a lifestyle. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that, that is the Christian walk. It's constant Mm -hmm. conversion. You know, Mm -hmm. we have to constantly be delivered from those things Mm -hmm. that are pulling us down and Mm -hmm. drawing us further away from God and always taking steps in the direction Mm -hmm. of our blessed Lord. So it's like, we um, all always need to be on a maintenance plan. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes. I like that. I had somebody ask me one time, I was, I was taking her through the one-on-one uh, coaching and she said, uh, at what point do I get to pray and the devil never tempts me oh, ever again? Right. I said, you know, that's something that's interesting. I said, I'm sorry, but this process does not provide that mm-hmm. because as long as you are here on earth, the devil hates you. Yeah. And he is trying to get you off course yes. and he does not want you to build and establish the kingdom of God. And, you know, Romans 12, one and two, I love this verse because it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then verse two, it's interesting. It said verse two, it says, um, but don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the power of of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Well, who's trying to conform us? The enemy. The enemy is trying to conform us and to teach us and to show us how to be greedy, selfish, um, self-centered, all of those things. The enemy is trying to teach us how to do that. Mm -hmm. But don't be conformed to the ways of the world. Do not be conformed to the ways and the teachings of the demonic, but rather be transformed. Now, now we start seeing the power of the cross, the power of Christ. Now, now we start getting insight to the saints that are praying for us. What are they praying? They are praying right now for all of us, the listeners right now. Um, the saints are praying for us to be able to discern the open doors that we've opened to the demonic through sin repent so we can close those doors, put the devil under our feet so that we can become more effective of establishing the kingdom of God in every aspect and influence in our life. Let's do this. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. So I think it's time for our last little bits. Uh, Jansen, Tracy and I end all of our podcasts with the opportunity to say one more little bitty thing because we can never stop talking. And so we would love it if you have one more little thing to share with us, but we'll let you go last because you're our guest and you might need a moment to uh, <laughs> to think of that thing. Um, Trey, do you have one or you want me to go first? I do have one. And I have been thinking about this um, for a couple of days earlier in the week. Um, and I'm going to mess up his name. He's Italian. Ennio Morricone, something like that. Morricone. Uh, Morricone. He died at the age of 91. And you probably won't even know who he is, but he was a very, very um, unwavering Catholic, a very devout Catholic. But he is responsible for like over 500 movie scores and soundtracks. And he was oh, an wow. Oscar winner. Um, but he lived his life so beautifully. And I think at the Bellator Society, what we really pride ourselves in and what we want to see more of is people who live their life and add to the beauty of the world, but live in the world mm-hmm. and live their faith, even with their you know profession. Um, and so he is the embodiment, I think, of that. And so we just are you know praying for his family um, right now. He was laid to rest earlier this week. And um just a beautiful witness to the Catholic Christian um, lifestyle that he lived. So I just thought if, if, if our listeners could say a prayer for him and for his soul and also for his family, that would be awesome. 
Absolutely. Um, my last little bit is going to be another Catholic guy uh, that I would like to recommend to people. Um, not not in memoriam. He is still alive. <laughs> he is um, Peter Kreft, who is a Catholic philosopher and professor at, I believe, Boston College and maybe King's College. Um, anyway, he is a prolific writer on philosophy and Christian thought specifically. And um, he has a little book, especially during the quarantine, I have been like on the lookout for you know, we, we've had so few opportunities to have, you know, conversations with other human beings, except on this Zoom thing um, and Skype and FaceTime and, you know, all of these platforms that aren't really, you know, like the, the sort of personal interaction that that brings fruit. Because I really do feel like we have to be connected um, to other people in order to, you know, build our build our hearts and our souls and our minds. And so I've been looking for these people and they <laughs> often come in the form of the written word <laughs> during this time of quarantine. And so Peter Kreft's book, I, I've read him before and his other works but this is a little bitty well it's a little bitty book first of all it's very small if you can see it right here guys it's called before i go and it is the sweetest book it's basically all of the things that he wished that his children knew before he dies and Aww. it's not it's not yeah. like this this you know christian treatise by any stretch of the means in fact there are some things he does talk about the church he does talk about christ and all these things but he also has well well, I'm not actually, there's one of them that's like, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. If you have children, you might want to pause here because I'm just going to say it. He has one of his, um, they're like little numbered reflections. And one of them is holy shit. Shit is holy. <laughs> that it comes from God. And he does a little reflection on that, a little philosophical reflection on it. So it, it's, it's cute. But there's one of these uh, reflections. It's number 151. And it's what acts change the world the most. Awesome. And um and the, uh, spoiler alert, it's prayer, but it's very, very good. His reflection on prayer and the power of prayer. It's what we've been talking about this whole time, Jansen. And so I just want to, as my last little bit, recommend this sweet little book, Before I Go by Peter Kreft. Wow. Thank you. That sounds awesome. Well, you know, I, I'm honored and very grateful and thankful to both of you for inviting me to be a part of this. And uh, I think I just really want to encourage people to become a part of the Bellator Society um, because of what I'm seeing um, y'all do. Um, the, the people, the contributors, the interviews, and you're not afraid to address the demonic. Mm. And that's where real healing is going to come from whenever we're willing to, to face difficult things, even if there's a little bit of fear or hesitancy, mm -hmm. because these conversations is what's going to bring healing to families and even a nation. And we need that today. We need people like you to be able to lead um, the charge and be able to say, come on, let's, let's figure it out together. Let's do it together. We can trust in Christ together. And those that are interested in finding out more um, about Discipleship Deliverance um, or the Discipleship Deliverance Masterclass, just simply go to wholecatholic.com, send me an email, sign up for the class, uh, sign up for the emails. Uh, one last thing about me, I love to fly fish. I love Good it. Good to know. I, I know. I, I just love it. Um, Where's your favorite um, fly fishing hole? I, um, just east of Yellowstone. Oh. That's my favorite place. That's fancy fly fishing. That's fancy right there. <laughs> I love that. And so um, I don't get to do it as much as I want to. 
But to all the men out there that like to fly fish, um, man, I'm with you. Um, I hope to see you on the river. And to all the women, it's a, it's. I've heard that uh, women are better fly fishermen. So I'm, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. The challenge, <laughs> challenge has been, been extended. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if it's true. So. Maybe maybe it is true in the biblical tradition that w- that in order to be fishers of men we should first be fishermen. So you're you're on the I right like track, Jason. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.